Hi, everyone. Welcome to Never Seen It. This is a podcast where we watch movies that we haven't seen yet. I'm your host today, Betsy, and with me is Trent. I'm so hyped right now. You're so hyped. I'm so hyped. Let's get cranked. We're going to watch the 2006 movie Crank, ladies and gentlemen. We can't be hyped that much. I don't know how else to get there, so I'm just going (laughs) to get there. Uh, This is a movie that neither of us has ever watched before. Oh, it's a movie, all right. (laughs) I mean, it has a reputation This was pretty popular at the time it came out, Mm -hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. But I don't know. We just haven't gotten around to seeing it, which is kind of weird for us because there's a lot of reasons for us to watch this movie. Which are? Well, you tell me, Trent. What do you know about (laughs) Crank? Uh, It is an action movie starring the one and only Jason Statham. Back in the early 2000s when they were trying really hard to make him a solo star. Because he kind of was. My first introduction to Jason Statham was the, oh God, I don't even remember what year it came out, like 02, 03, The Transporter. That oh, was yeah. a starring role for this guy. He was the only known person in that movie. And you know, it might have even been before that. I don't know. But I know one of the guys from the Fast and the Furious, <laughs> uh, the original Fast and Furious, is in the movie as the bad guy. In Crank? No, in uh, the, the Transporter. Oh, well, we're not talking, talking about, about the Transporter. I'm talking about Talk the Transporter. Talk to me about Crank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Jason Statham is the action star that we all know and love. I know Amy Smart is in the movie, which is a name that may not be familiar to a lot of people. It's not really to me, but I remember the poster with him on the thing, and Amy Smart is very prominent there. At least her name is anyway. I don't know. All right. I don't immediately know who that is, so I don't know the significance. She was one of the, like... Mid two thousands blonde girls that sh- that they were trying to th- shove into a lot of stuff. So specific because uh-huh. there was only you know three of those to keep track of. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was. Uh, let's just call her an American Pie reject. All right then. <laughs> well, do you know anything about the actual plot of this movie? So the crux of the movie, my understanding is that. Jason Statham is either infected with something or he has a condition or there's something up with his body. A drug, a chemical, something. Something happens to him where he has to keep his heart rate up. Stop me if you've heard this before. (laughs) He has to keep his heart rate up. Otherwise, he's going to, like, die. So it's basically speed, but inside his body. Exactly. (laughs) And they made a sequel to this movie, which is almost like Speed 2 Cruise Control. Oh, God. Well, we're not not there yet. So he has to just basically, for 90 minutes, be in action scenes. Is that what kind of movie we're about to watch? I think so. I think so. I'm very much hoping that it is going to be much like shoot him up in that way where it is just fucking dumb action and you're going to have a great time. I'm also hoping this has aged okay because we're now getting uh-huh. far enough removed from this kind of a movie at yeah, this time yeah. that this could be really cringy. We'll see, I guess. Well, but... I'm looking forward to some dumb action. You and I love a good dumb action movie, so let's get to it. We're going to go watch Crank. We'll be right back.
And we're back. Trent, that was crank. How you feeling? You know how we said we were hoping for a stupid action movie? Uh-huh. Yeah, we got that. Yeah, this is simultaneously the worst and greatest action movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty damn good. My mouth was sort of agape most of the movie just because it's like, okay, well, if you were trying to do things that people hadn't done before, congratulations, you succeeded. You and did you, it. You didn't bog us down with the details. We weren't so concerned with an overall plot. We set what it plot? all up with the exposition on the DVD at the beginning. Yep. And then we just go and we just go and yeah. we ride this ride. I love a movie that is just one day. We've talked about this before, and there is an entire genre of movies that you could list a whole bunch of them, where it is literally just one day. Or a few hours. Or that, yeah. Yeah, there's something really compelling about just keeping it to a tight 90 minutes, where it's like, we're just going to do it in real time, we're not going to give you a whole lot of details because you don't need them. We're not going to bother you with, like, people's names and how they're connected. It's just mostly... Here's this guy. Just watch this shit. Yep. Here's this guy. This is what we did to him. And now let's see what he does. Yeah. This is the result. Yeah. And it's both really funny, but also it's kind of awful. Like it's oh, both. Yeah. It is both things at the same time. That's and I can't thing, quite wrap my head they around it. They knew what kind of movie they were making and they just went for it. Yes. They didn't care about quality. They didn't care about like you said, plot or introducing people and like exposition and whatever the fuck else. It just starts. It's also like kind of low budget. Like this is really like first filmmaker kind of a movie. Yeah, I get that. For the most part, you know, they spent their money on Jason Statham. Yes. This was not a movie that was spent on oh, let's just go with special effects. (laughs) Because there are some bizarre choices in this movie as pertains to the special effects and the editing and all of that. It's just pretty wild. So Trent, where do you want to start on this one? I would say let's just start with the overall presentation of it all. Because... We have different perspectives, we have different camera tricks, we have all sorts of different ways to show you what is going on. And again, that is what they're going for here. It is just a visual movie. Well, it's also drawing a lot of inspiration from like video games at different portions of the movie. Like the first thing, the first thing when he wakes up, we are from his perspective. Yeah, it is a first person view. It's this weird first person, like you see arms, but you don't see a face. And I'm a little, I don't actually know how they did that because clearly you have to have the camera center. Yeah. But it's a little different than having the steady cam, unless they just turn it around and you can actually accomplish it. But it's a weird way to start the movie. It's a little bit disorienting. Yeah. And then it like quickly turns into like Guy Ritchie light, where there's these yeah, like kinda. weird over the top pauses and a lot of like angry rock music. Well, let, let's go back a little bit. You said it's got some video game references and I read that some of the inspiration here was from Grand Theft Auto and I did not get that. Other than like him stealing vehicles and like sh- having shootouts in the middle of whatever, 
other than those things, I didn't get any of the Grand Theft Auto stuff. I mean, that might be all it is. Like, I've never I played guess. them. I don't really know. I know that that's kind of the whole thing is you just, like, shove people out of cars and take their cars. That's what they used to be anyway. But, the mo- I mean, I guess in 2006, that's all there was. But in the modern uh, Grand Theft Auto games, there's actually a story. Well, there's a story in the old ones, too. But still... The the thing that you do with the old Grand Theft Auto games is you fuck around, you get all your weapons, you steal cars, and you run around killing cops. So how is this not exactly like Crank? Because uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he's doing. He's yeah. just running from scene to scene, and he gets weapons, and he gets things to keep him awake, and he steals cars, and it's just one thing into the next thing. Yeah, I, I get all that stuff. I, I just didn't get the vibe of Grand Theft Auto. I understand where they're coming from. There's a lot of inspiration you can take from that, but it's all just kind of frantic action, and, you know, I guess that's a video game. Fine. Right, and I didn't really see inspiration from other specific properties, I guess no. if you want to call it that, like other no. movies or things like that. And they are clearly trying to have their own perspective here because there is a lot of like dual camera shots. Like I was reading that there's two directors who wrote and directed this and they had an A camera and a B camera. Mm -hmm. So they would have these wide shots and then they'd have close up shots and they both took one of them. Yeah. And there's all sorts of different like weird zooms and zoom outs and different perspectives and different camera angles. And you also have the split shot where they have two different scenes going on at the same time, especially when he's on the phone. There's a lot of him on his phone in this yeah, movie. Yeah, like, I was reminded of that fucking Ang Lee Hulk movie where there's there's different scenes on screen at the same time. It's not quite a comic book, but it's frantic action happening in two different frames. I've literally seen that movie once, so I don't exactly get the reference, but I understand what you're describing. <laughs> yeah, and there's been a lot of different movies to do that kind of trick. Ang Lee was the first that popularized it anyway. So maybe that was the inspiration for that. But again, it is all the stylistic stuff that they were really, really trying to bang into your head. I just think it was a little incoherent because of all of the different shit happening. They were trying to do so much and be so ambitious on, like I said, a lower budget because there are moments where Like, you can forgive some things for being in 2006. Like, okay, it's aged. We have different, better technology now. This would look better now. And so it just looks bad in retrospect. No, watching this, this would have looked bad in 2006. Yeah. Like, when he starts going on the hunt for this Verona guy who was Mr. Exposition in the DVD, who's Mm -hmm. like, I got in your apartment and I killed you and gave you all the details. Like, you've got an hour to live. He's looking for him and he goes to this club and when he starts kicking everybody's asses because he's hopped up on cocaine and decides that's what he wants to do. It's before he realizes what's going on for him. The building expands it kind and of contracts. Warb- There's like a warbling thing going on early in yes. the movie. It especially is there when he first wakes up. And that whole motif of the warbling thing, it kind of disappears for the rest of the movie except when he's starting to like fall back, when he slows down. It comes back a little bit, but there's just not enough of it to really be hammered into your brain. Right. And that that's the thing. Because 
it doesn't happen that often. And I understand you're trying to convey to the audience what he is feeling. Yeah. But it just looked cheesy. And yes. then some of the other stuff, like in the actual action scenes, at one point he steals someone's car and he drives through a mall. Yes. And he crashes sideways on an escalator. Which in and of itself is a really funny and good scene. Oh yeah, uh, he's like on the phone with his right. doctor. Very, very casual conversation happening on his cell phone. Just casually driving through a mall, through a bunch of stuff. Explain to me my problem. So you've been you've been injected with this stuff, uh-huh. and this is the problem. And he's like scientifically explaining what it's doing and yeah, what he doing, needs to do to resolve doing it. Doing all these inhibitors and blah blah blah, you sciencey need stuff. Adrenaline and epinephrine. He's using all these words. Meanwhile, there is literally a chasing. So it's this weird mix of. It's definitely supposed to be funny. Yeah, and it is, but it's also just strange so yeah he ends up on his side going up an escalator in a mall and he gets out of the car and is climbing on it but clearly none of that is actually happening here no it's a completely fake car and he is against like a green screen it's very badly done yeah the mosaic on it it was really bad and again it is 2006 but and i know you wanted to do that joke but it's just execution Oh, no. Why did you make that joke? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) And then there's just other things. Like, he is trying to call, I I guess, an informant. Like, they don't even really explain it. It's this guy who he's trying to get a hold of the night before who, like, is on the street and watches out for people. It's fucking Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. They don't explain who this guy is. He's a friend. He's a friend, question mark. So he is like trying to get a hold of him and at one point he calls him back and he has a bad connection but there is a shot of the footage of his friend on the side view mirror yeah, and it's in one his of these, car? It's one of these like uh, blink and you miss it type things. Where you I, did miss I it. I literally did miss it. We had to go back and you showed it to me and it was like, yeah, it was like the footage of him on the street corner in the, in the, the side view mirror as he's driving. And I have no idea why that was there, other than just like a visual touch. Yeah, it was just something they chose to do, and because it's the you only can. time in the movie they do something like that. That we saw, anyway. I guess, but I wasn't taking that many notes, let's be honest. <laughs> but then there's just other things, like in that same conversation, or somewhere in that scene, he's talking to his doctor... Dr. Dwight Yoakam. Oh my God. Okay. What the fuck? I mean, he made a lot of movies around this time. From about Why? 2000 to 2010. He is a country music singer, is he not? He is. He's also not a terrible actor. He's actually been in some movies where I was like... Uh, he's okay. He is in Panic Room. This is my best example of this. Okay. F- I'm here for this. The first and only time I watched Panic Room, I'm watching the opening credits and it says Dwight Yoakam. And now anybody our age knows exactly who Dwight Yoakam is, uh-huh. but they imagine him in one specific way and it is he has a big fucking hat on and it is kind of covering half of his face. Yeah, that was his his shtick, I guess, for his country music yeah, career. Yeah, so you can recognize... The bottom half of his face. When he takes the hat off, he suddenly becomes unrecognizable. So I'm watching Panic Room, knowing Dwight Yoakam is in this movie, waiting for him to show up. And I'm waiting, 
and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And it fully took me half of the movie to realize that crazy man on screen was Dwight Yoakam <laughs> because he was he's one of the bad guys in that movie and he is acting like a psycho and he for the first part is wearing like a mask but when he takes it off I didn't recognize him same thing in this movie you had no idea who the fuck he was no and I saw his name in the credits as we were coming in and it's like what the fuck like Okay, fine, maybe you have, like, a one weird cameo appearance as Dwight Yoakam that I know, but no, he has kind of a pivotal pivotal role here, and I don't know what your deal is, dude. He's his doctor, so of course, being a hitman, he has to have someone on call who can hook him up and fix him up and take care of him. But yes, in this scene, he's on the phone with his doctor, after the scene in the mall and he's just basically telling him you need to get to the hospital and get epinephrine and he doesn't know what epinephrine is like he's like epi what epi what (laughs) like he just (laughs) keeps saying that and he keeps forgetting what it is in I, I just don't believe that people didn't know what epinephrine was i have known that word from pop culture for some time okay betsy i have I've heard the word plenty of times, but if if you were to say that word out of context, I wouldn't know what it was. I know it's a drug of some kind. You've seen Pulp Fiction. Yes. So then you should know what epinephrine is and does. I didn't memorize. I didn't go to Uh doctor school. (laughs) (laughs) Fine, but I just found it really annoying that he couldn't remember what it was. I mean, I would remember what the name is if it is a life and death situation, but then again, he was kind of busy. But while he's explaining it, there's text on the screen, like a syringe appears. Yeah. Like an image of a syringe full of epinephrine. Uh Uh-huh. And And then the word epinephrine. Spelled out phonetically. Yes, with a little (laughs) dot to mark the, the different spaced words. Yes. And they do this a few times in the movie. Now, I will say, I actually was kind of waiting for this. I recently was listening to another podcast where they specifically mentioned the text on the screen Mm -hmm. in Crank and how they thought it was really well done. So I didn't know when or what was going to happen. But then they did it here. But that's the thing about this movie. It is inconsistent. I like that they did it. I just wish they would have done it more and better. Yeah, it doesn't start until halfway through the movie. They only do it a few times, yeah, and then that's it. They're, like, throwing it in as extra jokes, but if you don't do it consistently throughout the movie, it's just kind of jarring when but that's, it happens. But that's everything in this movie. They do one thing one time, mm-hmm. and then they move on. They had the joke, they had the thought, they wrote it down, and they wanted to do it, and they did it, and that was it. Yeah, and there's just all kinds of moments like that throughout this movie. Like, the whole storyline with his girlfriend. So who, by the way, didn't show up till about halfway through the movie. Again, he's trying to call her. And she he, has second billing in this movie and doesn't show up until like 40 minutes in. He is trying to get her to leave the apartment and he turns to a completely different person. He's like, hey, hey, baby, could you just, you know, put some clothes on and get ready and we'll leave. There's some bad guys coming to the apartment. And she's mm-hmm. just like, what? I'm sleeping. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, like, he's completely honest with her, but she's so, like, stoned and asleep, she doesn't even notice that. Oh, she is a vapid, uh, like, stereotypical blonde girl. Oh, yeah. She is really, like, alternates between really dumb and oblivious to completely invested and in on the joke. 
I don't know about that. Well, I I just mean the character, not specifically like I don't know how to describe this. She she just changed very quickly. Back well, and well, forth. Well, she realized that her boyfriend is actually interesting and not some geek video game programmer that he lied to her about. What the fuck is that about? I don't know. Maybe that's another, like, Grand Theft Auto wink and nod. Maybe. Like, it's a video game joke. Maybe. But what I said in the intro about her, her being a, a reject from American Pie, I wasn't lying. Like, she's kind of terrible in this, and maybe she's trying to be this vapid, empty-headed person, but wow. But that's what I'm saying, is she's not consistently terrible. At the beginning, she's not good. Like, really, truly not. But once she kind of finds out what's actually going on... When she has something to do. She gets invested. So, like, he tells her at a restaurant in Chinatown, this is what's really happening. He Mm -hmm. had gone on this hit... And he took out this boss, and now they're taking out him as revenge for it. But what really happened was he didn't kill the guy. He just told him to lay low, and he's going to get out of the business with his girlfriend. They're going to leave town. They're going to go away. And she, of course, doesn't believe him and storms out, but he starts to collapse. So what do they do? He tells her, if you love me... Let's have sex right now. Make love to me. Save my life. And she's not into it. And she's saying, no, no, no. But then she starts getting turned on. And she becomes so invested in this scene. It is fucking over the top. Like, everybody is staring at them while they fuck in the street. And they're cheering and applauding once he gets it in. (laughs) And she's enjoying it. Like, yeah, do me, you bad, bad man in the street. So it's weird because she is terrible, but she is also perfect. Yeah, and... I, I'm like halfway in and halfway out with her. Like like you said, at the beginning, she's just, wow, is she just a dumb blonde? Like that, that stereotypical thing. And I don't know if that's her choice as an actress or if she's just a bad actress. I don't know. I think it's mostly that this script, again, is not very fleshed out. Because nope. they kind of put this in because they need him to have a reason to leave. But I don't even understand it because it's like, okay, this is clearly not, like, true love. You are just sort of fucking. (laughs) I don't really get why you would completely leave your life of crime for this. And I don't think that's true. I don't think he's leaving the life that he's living for her. He's just telling her that. Just to say, I need a reason to give you, so here it is. Yeah. I suppose, but it's almost like it's just, we just put this in there because we wanted to have a sex scene. Yeah, we wanted to have this crazy, ridiculous scene, and I've heard about this scene. I had not. (laughs) (laughs) I was laughing really hard. Yes, you were. Again, mouth agape. Like, they're really going there. And another thing I read about this, that scene was done in front of a whole bunch of people. I guess they're extras. I don't know if they were just, like, rando people. There's too many people to be rando people. But I guess all of their reactions were genuine because they did not know what was going to be happening. I'm sure they knew, okay, you're here, you're filming a movie. This is a movie. There's going to be a guy, they're going to come out, and they're going to have a fight in the street. But they didn't tell them what they were going to do after the fight. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah. yeah, there's just a lot of moments like that where they just really go for it. 
like there's another scene where he doesn't find the guy he's looking for, but he finds his brother. Yeah, he gets a tip about his brother going and having lunch somewhere. And he finds him in a restaurant, and he makes dead eye contact with him and walks into the kitchen to yeah. get him to follow. And then he cleavers his hand off. Yeah! And it the climax of the scene is he cut off his hand that was holding a gun, and he picks up that hand and fires the gun with the hand. After he tells him, wasn't that fucking awesome or something to that effect? Yeah, he's just like, wasn't that cool? The thing right, I just did. Right, Which, you know what? It was. It was. I was not expecting that in one bit. So it's, again, just a lot of things like that where they had this list of ideas. Like, yeah. what's something ridiculous we could put in? Let's have him burn his hand on a waffle iron yeah. let's have him snort nasal spray let's have him get naked put on a hospital gown steal a cop motorcycle and then ride it while standing up with his arms outstretched and crash it yeah they had all of these things these ideas written down and then just just like the movie we just watched tron they sort of pieced it together around what they wanted to do. They weren't yeah. so concerned about a plot and a through line. They were just like, how do we missing. get there? That was what was missing here. It was a through line for all of these different, very small vignettes to just have it on screen. I want to put this on, on, in a movie. So why not put them all in this movie? That's kind of how I felt throughout the entire thing. And that's actually, you. you have to respect the fact that they're just like, we don't need a reason. Yeah. The reason is very simple. It's this, and there you go. Mm -hmm. Look, we're not just gonna we're not gonna bother with the details. Just enjoy. And I did. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Alright, so some other moments that stood out to me. He goes to I think it was his boss. They went to Carlito's house. Yeah, he's like somebody within this whole thing. Thing. The world, the, the cartel. Like, I, I don't know. They didn't really thoroughly explain it, but he Doesn't shows matter. up at his house looking for this guy. And instead of having a normal scene, he jumps in the pool where this guy is, is under the water, and he gestures, go up. And the two of them then have a scene while they're treading water. Yep. And it was just bizarre. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a scene like that in anything. Not... Now, people are in water, yeah, but where the guys are literally, like, having to tread water, like you said, kicking their legs. and ha Like, this is also him, like, trying to keep his heart rate up and whatnot, but where, like, their heads are almost hitting the water. He has to spit out water a couple of times, and they're just doing the thing. I think this is supposed to be a lot funnier than I found it, because I just found it so weird that I wasn't laughing. Yeah. But it's these two guys having a really serious conversation sure. while splashing about in the pool. So, yes, on paper, that is very funny. And I, I also read that Jason Statham wasn't very sure about taking this role, not because he didn't like it, but because he didn't think he was funny. Jason Statham is so funny because yeah. he doesn't play it to be funny. Yeah, he plays it straight, and that's what's funny about it. I have talked about this before in the movie Spy, where you're playing up against Melissa McCarthy, who's just the queen of comedy, sure. and Jason Statham is playing completely straight, 
but he got to even get involved in like not improvising. I think he didn't improvise so much, but they gave him a bunch of different stupid lines to say. Yeah. And there's so many outtakes and they're so fucking funny because it's him saying them. All right. <laughs> so he's completely capable of doing comedy. And it's just weird because the tone of this movie, you can tell it's supposed to be funny. Yes. But also it's like, but is it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really unfortunate things happening to everybody in this movie, and you would think that if you're, you know, a sympathetic person and you're seeing these things happen, like, there's many, many people who get hurt and killed and whatever else. (laughs) In the hospital scene, we, we gotta talk about the whole hospital thing, but in the hospital, he's holding up a, like, a team of surgeons about to take somebody in for surgery. He's holding him up because he needs the drugs. And the dude, one of the guys from It's Always Sunny. Glenn Howerton, which yeah. is, this has been probably the first year that show was on TV. Yeah. So he would have been recognizable by this point. Yeah, by some people, sure. But again, he's in there, he's holding him up and like ho- literally holding up this surgery. Again, he's doing all these things in order to stay alive. And then he tells him to zap him. Right. He's got the fucking shot crash cart. And he says, zap me. And then he does and he blasts him into the elevator. That would kill you. That's not how those things work. They don't give you a jolt. They restart your heart. So if your heart's already going, it will stop your heart. Most likely. And he's having a negative reaction to that. But that's where he also takes the epinephrine. So combine his heart probably stopping (laughs) with the uh, defibrillator. Combined with the epinephrine, it kind of balances out, I guess. Which causes him to go dead sprinting with a raging right. boner right. through Los Angeles. Yeah, he just sprints across half, half of L.A., calling his doctor, and his doctor's saying, okay, you got this symptom, this, this symptom, this symptom, you got a raging heart on? Affirmative. <laughs> Check. <laughs> Check. Check. <laughs> Over and out. <laughs> it's so weird. But yes, let's go back because you you mentioned the hospital scene. Oh, God. This sequence goes on for kind of a long time. Well, he first gets in there and he goes up to some like window the in the in hospital pharmacy and do they have these things i mean they're never going to just give you epinephrine i feel like the number of people that would have to have that that's why you have an epipen that's what that's for but no they wouldn't just have that to give to somebody that's my that's my question do they have in-house pharmacies and hospitals. I haven't spent a lot of time in hospitals, thankfully. Some do, yes. Okay. Like, instead of sending you down the street, you just go down to the pharmacy to get whatever prescription they gave you. Pay 15 times more at the hospital rather than Walgreens. Probably. But he's going to this window asking for the thing, and she goes to call the security guys, I guess. Because he's tweaked out and sweaty. But speaking of tweaked out, behind him, inexplicably... R.I.P. Chester Bennington from Linkin Park. One of the main singers from Linkin Park yeah. is just there telling him, hey, man, if you t- if you take this, uh, these saline uh, uh, nasal spray things, it'll get you high. What? Why did you need to be there for that, dude? I mean, it's the thing that people do when they're 
musicians, I guess. Sometimes you want to do a cameo or you ask are asked to do a cameo or you're just in the neighborhood or you're friends with the guys. Maybe he's, he's prob- friends with the movie he's makers. He's probably friends with somebody. Probably. But I sort of recognized him and then you started screaming, that's Chester Bennington. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he's been gone since... God, he's he died but, like five, six years yeah, ago. He's been gone a while. But this would have been like peak, peak Lincoln Park time. Definitely. So he again would have been very recognizable when this movie came out. And yet that just kind of keeps happening in this movie. It does not make sense why he's in the movie at all, other than what we said. That the fact that he is probably somebody's friend and they asked him for a favor. Hey, you want to be in my movie? Yeah, sure. What do I need to do? <laughs> right. Look like you and say this thing. But, You're done. But that just kind of kept happening throughout this movie. It's like, oh, it's him. Oh, it's Glenn. Why are these people here? What is this movie? <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I just had a few more thoughts before uh, we start wrapping up. We, we, we've talked about the, the beginning of the movie where the the dude, the, the bad guy, let's say, left a DVD with the words, fuck you, written on it. I would just like to know, for my own purposes... When did they have the time to record said video, take it to a computer, and burn a DVD video thing? I mean, they clearly were there for a few hours before this. Seriously, that right there. They they also installed a camera, a hidden camera. The logistics of all of this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But then again, it is 2006. All people really had back then were DVD players and there is no other way to play media on a big TV for movie purposes. So I guess that makes more sense. But still, it bothered me sitting here in 2023. No, you're right. The logistics and the time that would have been involved. Having been there in 2006, we know what that would have taken. Yep. For what... You could assume he might never even watch. He could have just died. Right. He might not have ever gotten out of that bed. And you are literally leaving evidence of this person's murder there for anybody to just find. And they're there for like two minutes. Yeah. So all of that was for nothing because he just got jacked up and left. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Uh, The only other thing that is really 2006 in this movie, whenever we go to a new location... We are greeted with the name of said location and a shot, a screenshot from 2006 Google Maps. Yes. It literally says the word Google in the corner. They got licenses from Google in order to use this imagery. And this would have been, again, early days. People didn't have smartphones yet. People didn't have Google Maps. That wasn't really a thing you could just, like, go around and use. You had to go to the computer and print it out. It was a pretty new thing to have the satellite imagery freely available for everybody. And, I mean, it was a cool thing. But not, not in the context of this movie. Not in the context of the movie. And by the way, those images were the real locations that they were shooting this these scenes. Oh my god. It's so, so we could extra. just go. We could it's, go. It's so extra and cheesy. Like I it looked like a mistake. Like watching yeah. it, it felt like it wasn't supposed to be there. It was there. really like really low res, like the way Google images used to be, Google Earth used to be, and now now it's a lot better. 
But in 2006, it really dates this movie. If you are watching Crank and you would like to know how we used to get around, that's what it looked like. You had a shitty little map and you had directions that you had to print out on actual paper. Yeah, we used MapQuest, thank you. Yeah, Google Maps wasn't even the selected choice. Yeah. Speaking of being in 2006, this was very much the beginnings of the energy drink craze. Because not only is, like, Red Bull very prominent, but Rockstar is as well. All the way down into the credit scene, they have the can with the logo on it. Very prominent there. So, yeah, definite product placement. Along with that Fuse energy drink. Did you see that? I know. When he, when he was robbing the convenience store, it was all over the shelves. No, I don't remember that one. He didn't drink any of it, but he, he definitely downed a bunch of Red Bull. And again, 2006 was... A little bit after the introduction of a lot of this energy drink stuff. And now shelves are full of that shit. He couldn't get one of those five-hour energy drinks? Was it too it didn't early exist. for that? No, it didn't exist. <laughs> Pretty soon after it did. That was like 08. I was going to say, I remember it around the time I was in college. So. Yeah, yep. All right. So by this point, let's just get to the end of the movie here. So... He goes to his doctor, he patches him up a little bit, he gives him a temporary fix, but the long and short of it is, he's gonna die. The whole movie he's been told he's gonna die. That there's no antidote, there's, there's no, no way antidote. to get it out of your system, this is some fucked up shit. And the best the doctor can do is dope him up, put him at peace, and he yeah. could just die quietly. He even says, let me, can you let me do this for you? But like, it's not his style. You've been my, my, my best customer, and I, I, I respect you and everything else. Let me do this for you. You can just be done. But no, he doesn't want to go out like that. No, so he gets basically, uh, what, did, what did they call it? It's like a, he basically rigs up an insulin drip yeah. to give him his own medical mix Yeah. to keep him going. His little cocktail. And he's going to meet up with the bad guy, and he says, you're going to give me the antidote, which... Is such a contrivance because we know it doesn't exist. Yeah. And they know it doesn't exist. Yeah, and it's very much a movie trope. Give me the antidote to the poison. Well, there isn't one, buddy. There isn't one. But the point is he's luring them there because he's made a deal with the other gang, with the boss he didn't kill. Right. And he, they all just take everybody out. Yeah, and there's a big shootout here and there's this weird thing with finger guns. Yeah, so Just this, being weird. this was kind of funny, but also strange. So, like, they're about to inject him with more of the shit they injected him with earlier. Yeah. And he, like, jumps back and he pulls out a gun, but it's not a gun. It's his fingers in the shape of a gun. And he's, like, pointing it and he's doing it exactly the way you would in this exaggerated manner if you had a real weapon. And everybody's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he does the little, like, poof, like, with his thumb. Mm-hmm. And a guy actually dies because there is a whole gang with guns behind him. That just shows up without any kind of people noticing. It's and the big reveal. But yeah, uh -huh. when you actually look at the layout of this scene, that is not possible. No! For 20 guys to just appear out of nowhere and not be noticed. Yeah, and there's a big-ass shootout and, like, Carlito is cowering behind the bar. And there's this extremely grisly scene here where there's a grenade that gets thrown behind the bar and there's one of his henchmen there. He's kind of a big guy. He throws the big guy on top of the grenade. He gets on top of the other guy and it blows up. It's like, ah, uh, oh God, that was bad. Yeah, I did not like that. There was some visceral shit in this movie. 
And of course, he gets away. He goes up to the helicopter pad, but then Verona comes and says, "Who's the bitch now?" and shoots him. And then he's gonna get away in the yeah. in the helicopter. Which, by the way, we're watching a lot of movies featuring helicopters this month. I don't know why. It's just sort of what's it's happening just, in our lives. That was what was hot those years, I guess. I guess. <laughs> so he gets on the helicopter. Chevy, which we haven't mentioned this whole time. Nope. His name is. Chevy. Chev. Chev. And so Jason Statham grabs on to the helicopter and they go flying over Los Angeles and he pulls the guy out and somehow manages to strangle him midair. Yep. Did I misunderstand that or is that exactly what happened? I think he just broke his neck. In midfall. Yes. Because he said that was going to be the last thing he did. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, and they they did like this scene looks so bad. Them falling of all of the different effects that they're doing, they're basically on a blue screen and just suspended with a fan going on wires. Yeah. yeah this they didn't jump bad. out of any planes. They didn't try it. They didn't have somebody else yeah. try it. But of course, at this point, you're like, yeah, he's falling from the sky. He has no parachute. We all know how this is going to end. Or does it? Because he hits a car, bounces, lands on the cement, and the last shot we see is his face mm-hmm. covered in blood. Yep. But he's blinking. Yep, he's blinking and his heart is still beating. And his heart is still beating. Now, we obviously know there's a sequel to this. High voltage. Explain to me how a man can fall from a helicopter and survive. It's a movie. I don't like it, but it's a reason. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. It's not that kind of a movie, Betsy. It it is going to be what it is, and you're going to have to just accept it, Betsy. Well, fine. Do you have any thoughts about this movie before we put this one to bed? No, I think I've said my piece. Uh, it's, uh, It's a bad movie, but I liked it. And we've been we've been wanting to do another action movie for a while. Uh, we're trying to get more action into the podcast whenever we have some extra extra days where we're not doing a, a series or whatever. But we've also been trying to do classic movies. But you know what? We need to throw in a modern one here and there. We like garbage once in a while. <laughs> Consider it a palate cleanser. I don't know from what. <laughs> All right. Well, we would love your thoughts about this garbage or any other garbage or not garbage. Whatever movies you would like to email us about, we would love to hear from you. Email us, neverseenitpod at gmail.com. We do have such an email from our superfan, Stephanie, about a movie that was not garbage. It's Rocky. Yeah. She begins, I have watched this movie so many times. This is one of my father's favorite series it has a lot of sentimental value for me yeah it's it's a good dad movie much like when we covered top gun and feel the dreams like it's those kinds of movies that dads love oh yeah my mom after we posted that was like you've never seen rocky and i expressed to her (laughs) if dad had been into rocky and we had rocky i would have watched rocky but we didn't have that movie (laughs) you know why Because we didn't have it? No, I have no idea why we wouldn't have Hmm. possessed it other than it wasn't that high on his list. 
Like, if somebody had recorded it off of TV, you know, in the age of VHS and given us that copy, I still would have watched it. Sure. But I just had zero copy, so thus I didn't see it. All right. It was an access issue. Yes. So my dad was not this dad. All right. She continues, I love how low budget it is. I love how sweet it is. I love Adrian and Rocky's relationship. This movie just makes me happy. And that's a sentiment that I did not expect out of Rocky. Of all things, to have it be kind of sweet and sentimental. And yeah, I was not expecting that whatsoever. As I understand it, the series does not continue in that direction. But we'll find that out in the future. I agree with you, Betsy. A lot of 70s movies are too gritty and depressing for me. They seem void of hope. I like hope. I love this movie. I love you guys. From superfan Stephanie. And we love you, Stephanie. Yes, I too like hope, but I do also like crap movies like Craig. (laughs) Because sometimes you just want the opposite of that. You just want to put on a dumb movie and enjoy yourself for a while. Have a hot 93 minutes of just bullshit that you can turn your brain off. Yeah. I love a 90-minute movie. There should really be more of them. Yeah. But yes, thank you, Stephanie, for that email. We would love to hear from all of you. That email, again, is neverseenitpod at gmail.com. That means you. You, the one listening to this podcast right now. Tell us. Yeah, Scott, Dave, Bob. Why are they all dudes? uh, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Beth, all of you. You should definitely email us. Once again, neverseenapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Reach out to us on there. You can also click the link in the podcast description and support the show by throwing us a buck. But most importantly, we would love if you go to where you listen to podcasts and rate us five stars because that will help us grow this podcast and bring our nonsense to the masses. Yes. But with that, this has been another episode of Never Seen It. We're in the middle of our Hackers series, so we've got a couple more of those to go, a couple more random movies to go, and then June will be here before we know it. We don't know what we're doing in June. We literally do not know what is on the docket for June. We're figuring it out as we go, so look forward to any and all of those things. Tell us what movie you want us to watch, because you know what? Maybe we haven't seen it and we can cover it for the show. Yeah, suggest us whatever you want us to watch. Sometimes we've seen it, sometimes we haven't. We'll let you know either way. But with that, this has been Never Seen It. I am Betsy. And I'm Trent. And we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.